Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That is 49 stations and on the listener app. Uh, This is a new one for the show. Three years. We've never done anything like this before. We welcome a singer, songwriter, producer. Fun fact, if if this man wasn't making music, he'd be playing on the PGA Tour. He probably can still do if he wants to. I've been lucky enough to travel around Australia, the world with this man for the last 20 years and hopefully for the next 20 more. Touring buddy, bandmate, and more importantly, best friend, I welcome Will Drummond, of course, bandmate of mine in British India, and I'm super excited for him and for you to hear this, to have it out in the world. Another day sleeping on my shadow. We're loving it, and you are too. I welcome the one and only Heartbeats. Mr. William Drummond of Triple M's Homegrown. How are you, my friend? Good to I'm see very you. Very good. Thank you for having me. It's uh, very odd to be uh, <laughs> in your workplace. You've yeah. been in mine a few times. And <laughs> Let's we've you been, where you work. We've uh, been together yeah. uh, in our same workplace a yeah. lot. So this is uh, quite fun. Hey, what's it's it awesome. like What's it like hearing your music uh, it's, on radio? Like, what's uh, it like? It's really odd. I've been asked that a lot today. It's odd when you hear back a song that you've played uh, that you've recorded, as you might have experienced in your life, uh, you attach a lot of memories to it. So you listen to a lot of things that uh, happened in your life. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, it must feel great, it must feel great. But you like, you attach a lot of things that happened when you wrote it, when you recorded it, yeah. and then also when it's played back. So you, you, there's always, like, no matter how, how proud you are of it, there's always, like, an eye looking over a shoulder or other, you're just kind of looking towards the eye being like, oh, yeah. what, what <laughs> is it okay? And yeah, yeah, you've always got that kind of little self-consciousness about you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What's, I was going to say, like, what's it like having a track out solo as opposed to, like, not with a band? Um, yeah, it's completely different in, yeah, in terms of like when you, like when you're writing it, you spend time, if I brought something in or if you brought something in, in the band, or if anyone brings in, in a band sense, you're like, Hey, here's a riff, here's all of these things. And you're like, and you all just start kind of like playing it organically together. Yeah. Whereas you're kind of in a room by yourself and you start playing with things and you spend heaps of time on the same sound and you have to work in you know the the cons like the confinements that are that you have in that studio it might just be like the fact that i like i have a couple of like a snare hit and a drum hit and i just like put a loop on which is like this song and you put that and you just like distort it and then you're like oh you hear these weird sounds and you're like you have no one to bounce off and you're like i've got no one to bounce off what am i gonna do here yeah and so you kind of like just keep pushing yourself in weird directions and you're just like, I'll just cut something here and I'll just play an instrument I've never played in my life before and I'll just see what noise is made. Yeah. Like after five, six hours, you're like, well, I am like, have listened to too much music. I've done too much. I need to go for a walk. So you go to the pub, you have a couple of beers, you talk to someone weird, they say something really strange and then you walk back and then you just sing what they've done, what they've said. And, And so that instead of it being like, four or five of us sitting in a room and bouncing off each other. Yeah. 
So you don't have those kind of like constraints that, of course. that in a band that you have. Yeah. But at the same time, there's this great elasticity. So it can yeah. expand ex- and expand and expand. Yeah. But like a balloon at some point, <laughs> yeah. it can just pop of and course. there's just too much. I was going to say, is it hard like like talking to people who like produce and doing a whole album themselves? Like, is it really hard to like, that's the right sound. I'm not going to tinker with it. Like, that's it. Like, is it tempting to constantly change things because you know you, you it can? Is, it is really tempting. And I worked with Michael Belsa, a really good friend of ours and yep. mine. Yep. Um, first met him at the Ballarat show in probably 2004. Yes. That's uh, showing my age it's not showing his because he was about <laughs> seven at the time yeah, shout out um, to neon love too by the yeah, way neon love the yeah. greatest australian band that ever was Absolutely. um and the thing once you take those elements and those things that you have yeah and then you put them into a into the a, a realm of someone who's <clears throat> pardon me very creative yeah. and very good at what they do and also of the same kind of like-minded yeah, of course. creative process. Yeah. But with a lot of like like realms that you're not in, like so his work with electronic music and other things in that realm, like just uh, technically with his synth work yeah. is fantastic. So you bring that in and he's like, oh, just do this and that. And you're like, it just expands it a little bit yeah. differently. Whereas, you know, playing four guys in a band or four people in a band, I should say, that's like that, that is just like an element of rock and roll and music that yeah. just can't be replicated yeah and so but doing it in a different way where it comes as yeah. like that you have to bring other people in yeah because, yeah you really need other people of course to just pull you away from some ideas that you've got in your head some like stupid ideas yeah and then you need people to push the ideas that you don't think that you're a little bit self-conscious about and being yeah. like no your voice is really good you can sing because yeah. this is the first time that people will have heard my voice of and he's course. like hey man you can sing yeah I really love, yeah. like, you're one of the first people that actually emote when you sing. And I was like, fuck, thanks, yeah. man. Like, yeah. That's absolutely. No, it's all good. All good. <laughs> Cough button. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how cool is it um, finding that kind of musical partner from the start, too? Like, like we know, like, working, it's hard to find that right person to be within the studio, especially for a project like this. You know, it is really special. And he was there from the start, which was about three years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was very, very lucky with Michael in the terms that I'd written a lot of things before I'd wa- walked into the studio with him. He'd recently rented a studio above the Empress Hotel in Fitzroy, North Fitzroy. Um, shout out to Guy, who might be listening. He had this space and he said he took a big blind leap of faith and said, I'm going to open a studio. He didn't know what he was doing. It was 2019, 2020. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. And he said, does anyone need a uh, place to record? Yeah. And I had a heap of songs that were sitting there. I was like, yeah, I'd love to go. Awesome. You know, good friends. Never worked with him in a studio. We'd always talked about creative ideas together. Instead of walking in there with a song that I'd completely written, I walked in there with a song I'd written during the week. Yeah. And said, well, let's, let's try something out. Yeah. And uh, it's a song off the album. It's called What's a Problem? And we helped just create the kind of soundscape and the development yeah. of that song. Yeah. And from there, it was like, well, this obviously makes sense. Yeah, awesome. And him and I just are able to talk as really close friends, as li- really close collaborators music-wise. Yeah. And this album has a lot to do with death. It has a lot to do with yeah. emo- like how you deal with communication breakdowns it has course, a lot yeah. uh looking inside yourself and the two of us spent a lot of time together in room in a room together and kind of asked each other those questions about how are you 
what's going yeah. on and what's happening. And so it's just amazing to be able to have that kind of collaboration. Was it hard to be vulnerable on, on this album? I think that it was difficult at the start. And yeah. I think that that's the most difficult thing working in a band. It's like, I never had a problem being vulnerable on stage or mm. doing it. It's the most, the hardest thing about showing anything yeah. Or uh, music wise, it's like, hey, here's, I've got a new song. Yeah. Would you like to listen to this riff and these five lyrics that I have? Yeah. And I show it to a bat, like the band, I show it to you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, here's this. That's the most nerve wracking yeah, thing course, for me in the of world. Course, of course. Playing a song uh, that I've written and recorded uh, isn't as nerve wracking. Cool. There's still a, like a part like, yeah, well, what's everyone going to think? But yeah. I was in a very great creative space with michael yeah that he encouraged those vulnerabilities yeah cool and being like look man if it doesn't feel right it's right it's not yeah. right and yeah. i was always like this doesn't feel right and he's like take the time yeah. walk away nice, nice. and then yeah the album had been finished has been finished for quite some time yeah yeah, yeah. um so it, it was like about making that kind of uh comfortability and making it as an album that I didn't have to spare purely just for my yeah, I know, catharsis. Yeah. What I love about this album is there's a lot of collaboration too. I know a lot of your friends feature on it. Um, but when you're kind of putting together a solo album, when did you know it was done? Yeah, I, I think if you talk to myself or Michael, we just still probably wouldn't believe that yeah, it's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the best parts, my favorite parts, are there's a song called Small. You play drums at the very last end of that track yeah 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 um it's a very beautiful memory i believe on the back of your phone oh. uh you've still got a photo yep. of right here yeah. for the uh cameras jules <laughs> which camera am i looking at uh, um, i don't know i'm looking at that yeah, one from when you recorded that drum track and yeah. michael and i love it because it's just got this it's like it's something that can't be recreated it doesn't sit perfectly on a grid for those who are technical it doesn't yeah. it just like flows beautifully i love yeah, I just love that kind of flow of having someone come in and play. Of course. But ne not necessarily know what they're doing. So we always had, if someone had messaged me during the day and I was in the studio, I'd say, come by. Cool. And I'd say, hey, sing a, uh, sing a little bit nice. here. And they were like, I don't sing. It's like, no, just, well, just nice. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, we still have this kind of like backlog of tracks that aren't on the album that are sitting there just cool. waiting to be worked on, which is really fun. And there's like, there's just small moments of people that I've really close friends with or worked with who were just like walked in and I said, I just want you to say these two lines awesome. and then they say it and they're on the album. So it's, it's, it's really a, a song about finding, uh, really this song and also yeah. the album is about finding people and finding closeness and just yeah. this, when you're lost and just kind of feel untethered from yeah. the world, just yeah. finding these people that can bring you together and just like trying to make sense of the yeah. world. And the best way to do that is try to create a community. Yeah. And I really love in doing that whilst also being myself and being a solo yeah. artist, which is a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> and cool. How cool is it to kind of have that platform as well, where you're in the studio recording and you're in your element and you know what you want. And like you said, you're bringing people in and for, for you and I, like we, I guess we kind of, we don't take it for granted, like being in the studio, yeah. obviously we love it, but for them, it's such a big thing, and it, it's yeah. huge. You know, for them to go in and be on an album and a and a song, it's it's an yeah. amazing feeling for them too. Yeah, it is. It's um. So I had a really good friend of mine, Jean Sage, who's a French man, and he came in and sang. Well, he just came in and says some words, and he nice. he walks in and he's never been in a studio before. And if you see him outside of in any part of his life, he's the most confident man in the world. And he walks into a recording studio, yeah, and he's just free, and he's like, <laughs> I, and he can't, he has to stand five meters away from anything that has some kind of dial or yeah. like 
keyboard because he's scared that something's going to break. And he just walks up. His line is, this is what you want. This is what you get. And I was like, just say it. If he walked into the pub today, he'd walk in and he'd be like, this is what you want. This is what you get. But yeah. just like as soon as he walks up to a microphone, he's like, what you want? Yeah, of course. Yeah. This is what you get. Yeah. It's like, and just try to like coax people like everything's here's safe. Everything's fine. Everything's course, cool. Yeah. Like, like, and just like, oh, and going back to what you just said about, you know, being vulnerable. It's like, wait a minute. I could like, just let it out. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Just say those things. Just be vulnerable for one second. It's kind of, um, yeah. kind of therapeutic in a way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Totally, hundred percent. Yeah. So what? Um, what's the kind of rollout for the album? Like, I'm lucky enough. I've heard the full album. I can't wait for the world to hear it. What's the kind of rollout over the next few months? So, uh, yeah, this is the first track that we're releasing from the album. See. Um, and then so we'll I'll probably release another track around Christmas time as a little Christmas present for uh, all of the British New fans that have listened to a lot of our music. Um, it'll be really good. And then hit another single Sick. early in the year, and then probably around February, March, we'll. Push out that album, Dude, and that's uh, so exciting. I will slowly uh, get together and start playing that live. Oh, that's that was going to be my next question because I shared it on my story, and I think yeah, like I said, a lot of people have been asking you yeah. how do you, how do you kind of see it live? Like that's super. I'm really I'm stoked to hear that. Yeah, I I think the re- remains to be seen is yeah. the answer, but I the best things that I've seen in my life have yeah. been live. There's got to always be elements of live, even if there's the tiniest four seconds of a backing track. Great call. Which Great call. just plays, uh, you know, like something that you, some hook off a track, yeah. no matter what it is, if you hear that. I just want to create a live show that nice. is me on stage. And the same awesome. as I created an album that is me on an album. Yeah. I just want to create that. Oh, man. Um, so cool. And any way to engage the audience in that live show Sick. and in that room. Yeah, the same cool. that we've always done for the yeah. past, I won't, years. <laughs> so I ruined um, it in the start. And <laughs> sorry, where's that cough button? <laughs> um, however many years. Uh, it's just, a, yeah, I, I think that we love live music so much. We love shared experience. And that's not down to just live music. It's just shared experience. So of I just want to, yeah. like, if people come and see me uh, in no matter what live performance it is, yeah. uh, I just want it to be a shared experience that people can enjoy and be happy to be with. Yeah. And just to, like, experience with each other. Because there's, you know, as we've played around this country for a thousand plus gigs, there's so many times that people walk up to us and, like, that was fantastic. And then the next week, they see it, or oh, the next year we come back and and there's two people that we met that year before and they've become friends and they're the best friends. And he's like, you can't replicate. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just, it's such an amazing experience for us to feel, but it's an ex- amazing experience for those two people to feel. We've had so many people that have been proposed to, been married to. So it's like, yeah. I just want, regardless of whether it's me playing gigs, I just want yeah. live gigs to continue awesome. forever. Yeah, and I want them to be intimate and small and I want them to be massive like Paul McCartney. Yeah, awesome, I just want man. gigs forever. So have you been, um, you been writing music since this has happened as well? Like since yeah. the deadline? Yeah, yeah totally. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, um, right. yeah, like I said, there's heaps and heaps on uh, what's called the cutting room floor. Um, I would just call it a deadline floor more than anything. And yeah, there's been plenty written since then. Uh, Michael and I are actually in the studio on Thursday, so uh, happy days. yeah, happy days. Well, uh, we've, there's plenty more to come. Um, but yeah, I just I'm really excited. The hardest thing about releasing anything is like, here's one thing. I want you to hear it all. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna give you, you know, a slow bleed. It's 
Responsible service of music. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. To go with the responsible service of alcohol at the pub that you manage. Yeah, that's it. Floor. <laughs> How's um what's been like the strangest kind of feedback? Has there been like you've heard from one person you haven't heard from in a while and Yeah, I've, look, I've heard from yeah, a lot of people that I haven't uh heard from in a while. I think one of the best a compliment, so I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um one of the things that people have said is I didn't know what to expect. But I wasn't expecting that. That's exactly what I wanted. Because I think especially it's, hey, look, I'm a white Australian male about to release a solo song. The first thing they're probably going to think of is that I'm picking up an acoustic guitar and about to like sing really undecipherable lyrics. It's second album. Yeah. And just, <laughs> and just I'm just going to, I think that's the most common thing that people think. I, I'm not sure. Now, of course. So yeah. they just, yeah, a lot of people have listened to it and said, I didn't know what I was going to expect, but that wasn't, wasn't what I was expecting. And it sounded exactly like you. Awesome, man. And so that's like, kind of like, that's been the best feedback. I'm like, yeah. hey, that's, that's nice. Great response from the British India family too, which is yeah. so cool, right? To have yeah. like, cause they just want the best for us with yeah, anything. Totally. Like, you know, it's, it's super cool to have that as well. Right. Yeah, and to totally. give them that as well. Yeah. The, and look, we've got a very loyal and beautiful fan base who've followed us for a very long time and they're very supportive of what all four of us have done. Yeah. It's cool. Actually, hey, yeah, it's great. It's, it's nice. Fantastic. Hey, well, so every time I have bands in, yep. I play a little bit of a game with them. And I'm That's really it. excited to do this. So I had uh, Kevin Mitchell in yesterday from Jebediah. I had the Silverchair guys in. And this is basically what I've done is, and this is going to be a new spin on the game because Ooh, I know about it. This is called Memory Lane. So what I do with bands is I go through their gig history and pluck out random ones to see what they remember. All right. So I've gone through British India's gig history okay. <laughs> to see what you remember about certain shows. Now, it doesn't have to be the actual gig. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to play random gigs. And uh, see what you remember, all right? All right. Where we go? We're going back to 2004. That's got to be Dallas Crane. That's Dallas Crane. And living in at the palace. Do you remember this one? At the you, ooh, the one they demolished. Next, yeah, yeah next the one they got rid of. I oh okay. That's so not kick I drum, is it? That was that. Like it had something to do with the Duke of Windsor. I think it was like Andy oh, from the Duke of Windsor, yes. who was the mixer. Uh, it was around the time that the Duke of Windsor had uh, died. So it's like where yeah. Jet had uh, started their following in Dallas Crane. And they tried to goes. launch it there, didn't they? Yeah, they did like a, a Andy, who was the uh, sound, sound guy, guy yeah. at the time. And the booker, they tried to do like big nights at the Palais, but then the Palais was knocked down. Uh, I reckon it was that it kid? Was, uh, I reckon that was the night. Is that when we played for like the guy? The guy but said, "Yeah." <laughs> so we walked in. Uh, we, it was uh, Secret Life of Us was just shot across the road, and um, <laughs> we were loading everything into the front door. Yeah, and the owner of the palace, which is no longer there, yeah. Um, I saw the Pixies there on their reunion tour. It's such a good yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we loaded, we're loading in, and this guy goes, "Who the hell are you loading in through my front door?" And your response was, "Your front door." <laughs> and he goes, right. that "My front door." <laughs> we we're like, "You're gonna the, the neighbors are gonna shut us down." And then within the neighbors did shut them down. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it was because of us, because of British India. I'm sorry to the people of Melbourne, but. We've closed plenty we of venues. Shut down. We've, <laughs> we've shut down many venues. <laughs> uh, let's go two years later. We played early at the Big Day Out. We had the White Stripes. So this is White Stripes here. Iggy Pop. Yeah. And then Franz Ron too. 
So we were on about 11.30, weren't yes. we, in the morning? Um, it was like 40 degrees when we started. Yes. We might have a... Do we have someone in the studio that was potentially there that wants to oh, We do the have a uh, potential. Yeah, the, um, we did. Also, we had a second album, Kings of Leon, touring at the time. Yes, we did too. We had Kim Salmon touring. Yes. Um, uh, who else was on it? Tool. Yeah, potentially. I believe the Tool was on that tour. Yeah. Um, uh, Any memories from that? What do you remember that the most? Uh, what do I remember that most? My very good friend, Aaron, who lives, oh, I shouldn't mention her last name. My very yeah. good friend, Aaron, who lives in Sydney. Yeah. She flew down and I picked her up from, I believe it was Southern Cross Station at the time. Nice, nice, And nice. we, it was at Princess Park. It yeah. wasn't at the showground. Yeah, of course. And that um, was so good. Yeah. It was a completely different venue. We played a small tent and yeah, and we were on 11. 11.30. It was yeah. like so it, early. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you say, it was 40 something degrees. Um, and we had, I just remember it just being like a, one of those events that the council had obviously said, yeah, this is a great idea. This (laughs) is fantastic. But in hindsight, they were like, maybe we shouldn't have had the big day out in the middle of (laughs) Princess Park. Park. Like this was probably (laughs) ill-organized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, like they woke up everyone in that cemetery next door. Um, it was truly like... It was bonkers just getting home. I remember that. But I just remember um, you had heat stroke. Yeah, because you passed out. Yes. And we were watching Wolf Mother, and then I woke up under that table. I woke up. (laughs) You say it. (laughs) No, I just. But I remember there was um, someone of our touring party, and you woke up, and it it was such a hot day. um, And they. uh, They were chasing. Yeah, some people who, when it gets hot, they. Yeah, they chafe. Yeah, and they decided they got they got out another member of our touring party to run to the chemist down the road, probably somewhere on Sydney Road. Yeah, and drive back and bring back balm. <laughs> and so you were woken to the sight of two ghoulies just flailing in your eyes. I woke up as this man. I forgot that just this one. Yeah, rubbed yeah, yeah. balm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Into I'm... his. Chafed thighs. That wasn't yeah. my memory, but that's no. one of the memories of the gig that I remember. <laughs> I also saw Iggy Pop that day. Um, <laughs> so there was two leathery skin things that happened that day. Good job. All right, man. I know we both uh, remember this tour. Actually, I'm going to go a step back. Let's talk home okay. back. Another wolf mother. Mother. We also we had. <laughs> yes. Cat Empire okay. in their prime. Angus and Julia Stone. End of fashion, home back. Okay, was this also, was Gautier on that yes. for his very, ver- very, very first live performance? Talk to me, what do you remember? Uh, Gautier, Parkdale. He worked at the Parkdale uh, Library. Yeah. Wally DeBacca. Uh, very good man. Shout very out. happy man. Yeah. It was the very first gig of Gautier. Played in the Basics for a very long time. We played with ba- the Basics for uh, all f- when we very first started. They were always on to, uh, sorry, Bills at the ESPY, Duke of Windsor, once again, Empress, all these other places. We yeah. played with them in so many places. But this was Wally's first Gautier show. Maybe I have an affinity with him right now <laughs> because it's my first solo album. But he'd already released an album before this and then he released Like Drawing Blood, of which course. was huge. Massive. It was a big album. This was before somebody that I used to know. Yeah. So this is, uh, and at the time, it was huge. He was playing at five o'clock in the afternoon in Sydney, on the Domain, on the stage, oh, and he was playing, yeah, he played this huge gig. And it was, I just remember the crowd surge for watching him for that album was massive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that was a great gig. But I also remember on that gig, um, our man, our manager for British India, um, is uh, notoriously uh, doesn't like spending money. He's stingy. This is why I've been able to have a life in rock and roll because he refuses to spend money on anyone <laughs> other than me, which I am very thankful for. Yeah. But uh, a week before, someone had we'd played a gig a week before somewhere in the central coast. And they had stolen Declan's tuna off his pedal board and taken it home with him. Yeah. Why this person needed a tuna, I don't know. Who knows? Drum it. Probably to, probably to tune their guitar. Yeah. Just tune it by <laughs> ear. Um, and anyway, so we've like, all right, we're turning up to home bay in two days. Yeah. So we go to, a, <laughs> go to a music shop. It's like, hey, Glenn, let's buy this $100 guitar pedal, which is the one that we're stolen. He's like, oh, that's far too expensive, Willie. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Can we buy the $50 one? So he's like, yeah, sure, let's buy the $50 one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he buys this Behringer tuner, which is, like, you can hardly see the LED. <laughs> yeah. Puts it on the board. Oh, blaring yeah. sun at 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And Declan is standing on stage, and his tune- guitar is so out of tune, because we also had the cheapest guitars. Oh, because yeah, was- we were so young, and we're just like, instead of spending a little bit more money on something... We always <laughs> decided to spend a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, we stayed there, and you and I were playing. Did we jammed. I, we jammed. Well, whilst no. Dick was trying to tune a guitar <laughs> for a good sun. 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like trying to, and he just can't see it. The sun's hitting this oh, sh- it was terrible so LED light on this shocking old plastic Behringer tuner. Yeah. And it will just not light up. Yeah. And he yeah, just yeah, couldn't yeah. get it in tune. Eventually, and then we didn't have to play that song off the, uh, you know, that album track off Guillotine. That's so we just right. moved on. <laughs> yeah, and I remember looking at the roadies like, help us. And they're, like, they're all just like, what can we do? Just a big shrug <laughs> of the shoulders. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about, let's go, uh, I think we're going to two years later. <laughs> Holy hell. Big day out, killing uh, in the name of, of course. Uh, then we got okay, fire, silver chair. If I'm out on my own, then I can look at you, looking at me. If I'm out on a date, then I just Rascal, Augie Martin. You're the only one in the room. Wasn't that just? Magic? Oh, that was amazing. Gyroscope. We had Bjork. We had yeah. Operator, okay, please. Fire. Yeah, Op- just opera. Yeah, operator, please. Brand new. Brand new. It was felt like it was a huge. Uh, helmet, helmet, yeah. helmet played. We had this huge. That was truly one of. Every now and then, someone brings up like an artist. Yeah. Uh, in my life, and I'm like, you, I just like, oh, I shouldn't tell this story. I feel like no, I do it. A bit of a wanker. Yeah. And then you're like, all oh, right, I'll tell it. There's this one story from that tour. It's just still the most magical moment. Um, I know what you're talking about. We were playing in Adelaide, and all of in, like in big day out of that time, everyone stayed in the same hotels. Like you all booked the same, like it was just like the package was, it's a bit different. Like it still happens with uh, Groove in the Moon and a few others. And you like stay, you all stay at the same hotel. So we get to Adelaide. So you got everyone staying there. Emperor of the Sun were there. Like everyone was there. Yeah. Uh, so you got Bjork, you've got Arcade Fire, you've got Rage Against the Machine. You've got all these great, yeah. great bands. Yeah. Um. And we walk in to Adelaide, Deck and I are sitting, we're sharing rooms. And we're on the lobby. Yeah, well, I was sharing a room with Declan. We went, it was a really hot day. We'd played our gig. The, I think, pretty sure the, uh, the, tour, the show was over and we're just sitting upstairs kind of collecting our thoughts, having a shower, 
from the heat, just yeah. chilling out, of lying course. in a um, single bed each. Yeah. And we get a phone, a message on our Nokia 2210, and it says, you got to come to the lobby, and it's from you. I'm like, all right, run to the lobby. We run down there. We've got Arcade Fire, uh, one member, of, two members from Arcade Fire playing piano, and we've got Bjork on her knees next to the piano, and they're playing standards, what we'd yeah. call standards now. They're playing Beach Boy tracks. They're playing Beatles tracks. They're, they're playing, playing Dancing Queen. It's just like, and they're just playing it. And Bjork's on her knees singing these tracks. And I'm just sitting in a, <laughs> like this most comfortable chair in a Hilton drinking alcohol. And I'm like, I'm 19 to 20 year old kid who has no money and is sleeping <laughs> in a single bed next to a smelly boy. My life couldn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, man. To be honest, it hasn't. <laughs> That's it's over. <laughs> I, that was the moment. I, I think, like, <laughs> I, I look back at it too, and I think that might be one of the most magical was, moments of all time. It was just like, I, it's. I mean, lots of people have seen Bjork, yeah. but, but oh, it was. I am like aghast retelling the story. Yeah, it, uh, that was. Yeah, that was truly a moment. I tell uh, this story from time to time, and I'm keen to get your take on it. So we played a festival in Newcastle called Fatter's Battle. <laughs> At uh, Blue Juice, Bliss and Esso, Matt Corby, yes. Flow Rider, Gym Class Heroes. So this is two gigs in one day. We're starting in yeah. Newcastle. Willie, would you like to talk us through? Well, what do you remember from this gig? I remember one that Declan had broken his hand during this tour. Do you want to go real deep? Declan had broken his hand uh, prior to this tour, and Fat as a Butter was, sit- was sitting in the middle of the tour, and I'd watched him break his hand um, on a skateboard and I took him to the hospital. And so we invited our friend Napuna to come and play guitar. So he's playing guitar. The night before, I was like, Glenn, I've run out of money. I need 50 bucks. <laughs> so he comes down to the lobby in Sydney and he goes, here's the last $50. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we've got no money. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, we need a tour again. <laughs> We've run out of money. And I'm like, oh, no. He's like, can I, and I was like, can I still have the 50 bucks? He's like, yeah, I'll give you the 50 bucks, but you got to work harder. And I was like, but can I have the $50? <laughs> anyway, so I took the $50 and went to the pub. And then we went to Fatter's Battle the next day. And I remember playing the gig. And I remember just this like commotion happening throughout the gig. And then hearing that Flowrider just wasn't going to turn up. Yeah, that's and what he it was. just like he just didn't come out of his hotel. Yeah, he just yeah, he was the headliner. Like, he was the headliner of the show, and then we were playing or like beforehand. And then I remember someone having to get up on stage and being like, "Sorry, folks, Flowrider is not coming." <laughs> <laughs> that's so, what, yeah, yeah. So we played at about like two o'clock, and the thing about this show was we got the Fallout Boy support. Yeah. So when they offered us that gig, we're like. Like you, oh, like you, like you said yes, before. Sorry, we were we we're in this like we were yes. in this kind of pickle where it's just like, do we 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 need to play both of these gigs? But the only way we're going to do it is if we get this flight because yes. we were the support band in Melbourne. Yes. So now literally, I now I get it. Ducking now I remember. straight off the stage. Really, take it away. Okay. So yes, we played Fat as Butter. So yeah, Glenn's giving me the last fifty dollars of uh, being in British India. Um, we were done. So the next, we play Fat as Butter, and we have to we play at two o'clock, and we fly out of Newcastle. We're supporting Fall Out Boy Festival Hall. It's going to be a great gig. We'd been doing the tour. It's like the fourth day to the Fall Out Boy support show. And we land in Melbourne, but because we didn't have time 
from landing in Melbourne to pick up the guitars, we had to just walk straight out of the airport and into a cab and go straight to Festival Hall where someone had set up a bunch of other guitars. So we got into the taxi and we started driving and Glenn, our manager, goes, calls. Baggage service is like, I'm very sorry. We've forgotten all of our guitars. <laughs> like 11 pieces of group. We've got like, I don't know, three guitars, snare, cymbals, four or five bags. Is it all right if we pick them up tomorrow and fly to Brisbane? <laughs> they're like, what do you mean you forgot them? He's like, I don't know. They just must be going around on the carousel somewhere. We just absentmindedly forgot where they were going. She's saying, you can hear it on such a, what do you mean you forgot all I don't know. It's just like, oh, we'll be there in the morning. It's like, you can't do this. It's like, will they be there in the morning? Well, of course they will be. <laughs> so there we, was no margin for error. No margin for error. We yeah. walk, st- we get dropped off from the taxi, walk out. We hear the sound of the, the music from the, the house music going down. Yeah. We walk on stage. I pick up this bass that is, just the newest balsa wood piece yeah. of crap that I've yeah. ever picked up in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do support for Fallout Boy. A 20 <laughs> minute set. 20 minute set, play, yeah. walk off, and then, I don't know, have a few drinks. Had a few beers and that had was it. Had a few beers, go home, <laughs> wake up, go to the airport. Go to Brisbane. Go to the airport, find all your luggage. Here are our guitars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I'd touch on this festival too, because it was a lot of fun, and these are about a lot of bands that we play on Triple M. What I see. A Day on the Green, Hunters and Collectors, You Am I, and Something for Kate. I think we were getting played on Triple M, and then that's when that's when we would have done our garage. Says, I love this tour. Looking oh, back, it was so it, good. Just it was at so it. much fun. We did about thirty dates too. Yes, good friend. Uh, so yeah, uh, Callum Barter, who's living in LA, mixing and worked with Courtney Barnett. Yep, of course. Uh, and Vance mixed, Joy and Vance. And he mixes Vance Joy at the moment. He's uh, he was on that tour and he was mixing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great tour! It's just like Mick, who runs it, is just such a legend. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a great vibe because it was Hunters Collectors like kind of comeback. Like they yeah. played the grand final, then they come back and they yeah. pl- and play all these shows and in just such beautiful. Beautiful settings, mm. all these wineries, and you're playing with, yeah, like you say, uh, something for Kate, uh, you and I, and just having such a great like backstage area. But it was also just so chill. So it was like play a festival, you play the festival slot, and there was like just enough time to do everything. Whereas uh, you know, you play uh, shows where there's 50 head like bands on, you're just in and out all the time. Oh, it's totally. Just like it's machine gun fire. Yeah. This is like. You're at a winery. Just relax. Have a wine. Have a rosé. You're sitting in the sun. Here's a band. Absolutely. Let's wait. Let's let Grandmaster Bates play a few, you know, sure bangers in between. Like, let's just like chill out for a bit. And the whole festival was like that. And like every band just spent every moment backstage just hanging out and just spending time together. I think. It's one of those festivals that, you know, we were the young guys in the festival. Yeah, exactly. On that tour. Yeah, we're like the openers, yeah. It was really nice to have... A kind of like this long history of Australian music sitting yeah. in this one backstage and just all just talking, not about music, but just talking, yeah. just having, having a chat, just like drinking this stupidly expensive rosé and stupidly expensive cabernets and just yeah. like, oh, this, what a wonderful time it is touring Australia. I was just, it, isn't it? It was, yeah. And also just such a receptive crowd. Like we, and it was also hard work because the way that it was set up is, you know, it's, it's all seated at the front and then all standing at the back. So it's, as us as like these young upstarts who play this weird 
rock and roll punk music. It's like, wait, we're going to win you over. Yeah. You're here to see the headliners. We're going to play. Mm. And it kind of worked for us because not long after that, I don't know what you're going to do next. We played a uh, rather large gig with the Rolling Stones. You should join me as a co-host on this show, Willie. I thought we'd wrap it up there. I mean... You'll make me cry. It is. It is just... But yeah, like touring, touring that down the green, it's like it's very similar. It's like this, and I just went and saw Paul McCartney in uh, the Gold Coast, and it's, you know, it's what those huge stadium shows are, and it yeah. was like that kind of that introduction. Even though we'd played massive stages, we'd played Splendor in the Grass, and they're all big, like kind of jump around festivals. Yeah. This was like a different kind of thing. It's like the Rolling Stones created stadium festivals. Yeah, they created stadium rock shows. They did that. Yeah. And so once you start doing it in venues like uh, Marvel Stadium at the Amy Park, yeah. uh, at Hope Estate Winery, they, they like seating uh, becomes a thing. Yeah. And so it, it becomes like a bit of a weird thing when you're playing on stage and you're watching people sit down and or they're just standing up. You're yeah. like, hey, you're not moshing. Well, yeah, you're not, yeah, 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 like, of course. And it doesn't mean they don't like it. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. they don't like it. They're yeah. still enjoying it. And yeah. it's like, it's just a mentality thing. So you just, like, it's really weird to do that. And we were really lucky in playing these Day on the Green shows. Yeah. And then you turn up to this show, which is a Rolling Stone show. And we'd heard all of the horror stories. It's like, hey, you've got the Rolling St- Stone support. And we're like, holy shit, this is going to be great. Yeah. This is great. And then people started telling us horror stories. And we're like, yeah. Oh, that can't be true. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's the Rolling Stones. And we walked there, the road crew, nicest people I've ever met in my yeah, whole entire life. Exactly. And we set up, we got, we had this beautiful moment. We had driven in, we get there, we walk out to the front and we just go and sit down on what, all of those seats that I just talked about. Yeah. These white seats, we sit there right in front of the stage and they all walk out and do sound check. And every security guard, for some reason, just turned... And face the other way. Yeah. I don't know if it was directive just to make sure no one rushed the stage. Yeah. There was the six of us in the touring party. That was, That's the extent of our touring party. Yeah. Watching the Rolling Stones do Dead Flowers and just watching it being played. It was, it was our pri- own private concert yeah. Yeah. of the Rolling Stones play. It. And just like, and like Mick being like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. that's good. And then they all walk off yeah. and, all, and we're like, wow, that's yeah. pretty amazing. And then we spend our time and like, all right, we're going to go up and play. And hearing all these horror stories is like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do. And then the roadies are like, hey, so the only thing is don't use the catwalk, but just enjoy yourselves. Yeah. That's all we ask. Yeah. And you walk out there and you play the show, have the best time of your life. And you walk back and just... Afterwards, you're like, and you meet them, you have a shake of their hands, you yeah. get a photo, and you're like, what? A, like, that yeah. is what gigs yeah. should be all the time. Yeah. Not just the Rolling Stones. It's yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. enjoyable for everyone. Exactly. And it was just truly magical. That and the Bjork thing for me. It's yeah. just like, you know, I'm released a song today, but I've lived a life beforehand. Absolutely. And I'm very lucky in everything that I've done to experience those things. And I don't take it for granted. I am yeah. very, very, very lucky. Well, how cool is it that, um, you know, you're going to get those experiences as a solo artist too. Like opportunities like that might pop up as well. Like, Well, let's see. Cool yeah, have you got Mick's number on the Hey, oh, we got is Mick that, What's number? going on behind those dolls? <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, hey, we do another game as well. I think you're going to like On Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O, it's time for... Uh-oh. 
It's Right Party or Dinner. We've got Jules on the vocals out there. So this is called uh, Right Party Dinner. I'm going to give yeah. you three artists. Yeah. that are right with one, yeah. party with the next. Yep. Third, you take home to dinner. Like, pick okay. completely at random, okay? And who so, am I taking them to dinner with? Well, my parents? My friends? Yeah, you can do anything you like. Because the party can turn into a <laughs> dinner. No, no, can that's turn right, into that's what I'm thinking. All right, so your three acts are... Okay. Metallica, second act. You two and third act. This is random. Billy Joel. So right party dinner, Metallica, you two, Billy Joel. Who are we riding with? Who are we partying with? And who are we taking over dinner? This is really hard. I think that I'm going to go with... So I've got Billy Joel, Metallica. And you two. And you two. I think that I'm going to... Go to dinner with Billy Joel. Yeah, I like that. Because he's, look, he's going to be like, he knows the hotspots. He hasn't been working for, like, he he came once recently. Yeah. But he doesn't do many gigs. One M2G. Well, I'll tell you what he's doing right now. Eating and drinking. (laughs) Um, So he's going to know all the hotspots. All right, so, yep, dinner. And then we've got right and party with Metallica and you two. Okay, I'm partying with you two. Yeah, I like that. We're talking prime as well. Yeah, I'm partying with the edge. Yeah. Uh, I know a story about The Edge. We worked with our good friend Jordan. Uh, he worked with Nick Dadia. And he... Uh, yeah, this is great. This is great. You two were on tour in Australia. And Jordan was doing just some engineering work while they were here, just listening to new tracks for their new album. And they went out for a drink at the local pub. And The Edge and him are sitting around, having a good time. And The Edge is like, walks over to some people. He's like, walks back. Jordan's like, what did you just do? He's like, Nothing. And these two girls walk over to the table. He says, this is my friend Jordan. He's a really good guy. I hope you have a really good night. I'm off for the evening. See you later. Ed's the and he walks off. He just matchmake. He's just like yeah. an absolute beautiful matchmaker. <laughs> Going around the world matchmaking people. So that's why I'm partying with them. Uh, I just think it's like it's a very lovely thing to do. Yeah. Just to introduce people to each other. All right. And, we're and big I'm right. to some kind of monster. Okay. <laughs> And I am oh, yeah. 100% riding <laughs> yeah. with Metallica Absolutely. because, I don't know, I love getting in the weeds. And if oh. there's anyone that's ever been able to get into the weeds, <laughs> it's Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Watch some kind of monster. These people will spend years in the weeds. <laughs> and uh, I just I just love to be in a room with uh, James and Kirk as they... Uh, are fighting over a guitar solo. I was going to say, how would you track those drums? What oh, would you I, say to Lars if he was... I would just be like, you tell me when you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Honestly, there is... I would just... It would just be an amazing experience. I mean, we have experienced it. If, if no, for those of you who haven't watched some kind of monster, yeah, please, please go and watch it. Uh, it's the greatest movie of all time, and it's the also the greatest documentary of all time. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, it would just be something else to sit there and yeah. just write a song with them. Awesome. So it would be great fun. Awesome. Good order, man. Hey, Willie D, it's been so much fun. So much fun. Another day sweeping on my shadow. Sweeping on my shadow. Heartbeats, it's out now. Get it everywhere. We're adding it to rotation here on Triple M too. So, Willie, man, it's been so much fun. I'm so proud of you. I love that you're doing this, man. I'm proud of you too. I've heard the whole album. It's unreal. It's just been so much fun. We've got to get you back for another chat. Let's do it sometime soon. Awesome. Rock and roll. It's Triple M.